Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Theomatic Podcast, season five, season finale. Finale. I'm Craig, and this is Daniel. And uh, man, we've been happy to be with you guys. Man, it's been great. I think that this episode's probably coming out sometime in May, and then we'll take a little break and maybe do a summer season. But yeah. We wanted to finish this season on a good question that a lot of people have, although we wrote this one um, Mm -hmm. because it also is in play with a personal testimony from Daniel. And we chose to go this route because just like most questions we evaluate, is this going to be applicable to a lot of people? And this absolutely is applicable because we do hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. Do miracles still happen? And so I wanted yeah. to, we had been talking about one particular thing that took place in your life that was crazy, and we yeah. wanted our audience to hear about it, and we wanted to yeah. address the question in general through the lens of your particular situation. Yeah. So have you ever seen, experienced, or been a part of a miracle, Daniel? Yeah, a, a couple, but I want to tell a story that is super powerful. It takes place over the course of around two years um, with the same uh, person. So, so. I had a cousin, and I'm going to use just real names and stuff. Um, this cousin has passed away. He's in heaven now. But my cousin Mike, when I was growing up, was kind of like the troubled black sheep of our family. He uh, did drugs, uh, needle drugs. I'm sorry. I'm not very versed in drugs. I've never done them. <laughs> Whatever drugs you do with needles, that type of drug. <laughs> I know it's not weed. The more hard ones. Anyway. We grew up and he was sort of like just, you know, in drug culture and, you know, really challenging life. And uh, he was homeless and things like that. And so as a teenager, when I was growing up, I always had a heart for him and I would see him once in a while, like family gathering. So I'm like 18, 19 years old. So when I was 20, the Lord, sp- I, I earned my first car. We called it the Smurf. It was like a little blue Geo Metro. And I loved this little car and I had a job and I saw him at a family reunion and he, we were just talking and he didn't have a car and he couldn't get a job. And I just felt like the Lord tell me, give him your car. And I was like, oh no, I, I need a car. So long story short, I just just handed him the keys. And I was like, here, here, Mike, have my car. You know, it was not, you know, it was a $1,400 car. Um, and then I never saw him again, <laughs> but I so you were 20. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was right before college. And how old was he? Was older or younger? Yeah. He's older. He was like 30 at the time. Okay. You know, he was try, trying to get a construction job, oh, trying to get his feet on her own. Yeah. Trying to get his feet, you know, okay. and we just, you know, I'd always knew he was troubled. I was, you know, pretty radical for Jesus at the time. This was right after my reconversion, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. You're like, I'll do anything. And, yeah. Whatever people. you want, Jesus. Yeah, and I'm okay. like, in that moment, I'm like, just you tell me what to do, Jesus, I'll do it. And so I, was, I felt like, give me your car. So I did. So I gave him a car, and I didn't see him for literally probably 10 years. Okay. So, But that's just a little marker, because it's important for the story. So I'm now a pastor at a church in, in the 2000s, um, or a youth pastor. And I'm going about my day, and I think it was 2009 or 10, 2010. And I get this phone call, and it's my mom. And and uh, my mom lives in Spokane, Washington at the time, and I live in Olympia, Washington. And just south of us is Portland, Oregon. It's about an hour and a half away from Olympia, about 100 miles. And I get this call, and I, I'm in a meeting, as pastors do, if you don't know. Most of being a pastor <laughs> is being in a meeting. Um, so I'm in a meeting, and so I just pick it up, and I silence it, and I'm like, okay. And she calls again, and I'm like... Uh, she's a little older, so maybe it's a butt dial. So I said, it. And there's the third call. I'm like, okay, this is an maybe emergency. Maybe she fell in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, mom. 
So I pick it up and I'm like, hey, mom, I'm in a Megan's emergency. She's like, it's an emergency. So I walk out. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, your cousin Mike is in St. Vincent's Hospital and he's dying. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, he's dying. He has hepatitis and some blood platelet thing and um, they can't give him a blood transfusion because of his hepatitis. And he got it from all the needle use. Uh, he relapsed. He's, he's in a bad way. Everybody else in the family lives in Idaho. Nobody can get there in time. They've given him a few hours. He's on his deathbed. As you know, he's wow. an atheist. So he, at this point in time, he's an atheist. They're like, will you drive down there or grab a flight, whatever you can do fastest, and see if you can just be with him while he dies and maybe he'll maybe maybe he'll accept he'll, the lord yeah i'm like a hundred percent of course you know so i run you know i get in the car i i i start driving down there and i i'm praying obviously i'm kind of preparing for this encounter and i'm like if i get down there and i'm and my mom's calling a couple times she's getting updates from the hospital we find out as i'm driving down there i think i'm in just past centralia at the time um, they, they've had to, it's not a super invasive surgery, but they've had to like drill into his skull to create room because his head is just like swelling so bad with, uh, bleeding. He's non-responsive at this point. So they're kind of, the hospital's kind of waving me off. They're like, he's pretty much done. You kind of missed your window. He was communicative and now he's no longer communicative. It's at this point minutes probably. And how far are you away? And my mom's, well, I'm not talking to the hospital. I'm talking through my mom. So she's like, how far are you away? I'm like, I'm literally still like an hour away. They're like, yeah, he's not going to make it an hour. I'm like, well, I'm going to still keep coming. And yeah. I'm like, just tell him I'm on my way, you know? And I'm like, if I get to the hospital and he's dead, I'm going to try to raise him from the dead. That's what I tell myself. And, and was that like a, just your faith in you? Or did you feel the Lord specifically said, I want you to try and raise. I was it. just, fa- yeah, just I was fa- just being yeah, nuts. Just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just try. like I'm gonna yeah. try because yeah. I, I mean, I was pretty emotional at this point, even though I didn't know him like hardly at all. I just felt like Team Jesus at this yeah. point, yeah, for my family. Like yeah. my mom's is bawling, my aunt's on a group call. Everybody wants cousin Mike to get saved. Like yeah. this is like his light at the end of the tunnel moment, you yeah. know. And I'm like. I volunteer as tribute. Choose me, Jesus. I'll go preach the gospel to this yeah. guy. I've got my Bible, a Diet Pepsi, and some Doritos because that was what was in the car. <laughs> I hadn't eaten yet that day. I'm driving down, and I'm doing, like, all the things. If you can imagine, like, just Daniel being nervous, you know, because I'm pretty nervous for whatever reason. I mean, obviously, I know the gospel. I know the Bible, but I'm just nervous because it's kind of an intense encounter, and I'm like... I should take communion before I go down there. And I only have Doritos and Diet Pepsi, so I just do it in the car, like with Doritos and Diet Pepsi. What a joke. But I'm just like trying to prep myself. And I get down there and I'm just like, okay, Lord, if Mike is dead, I'm going to declare that he comes back to life. I didn't have to do that. He was still alive when I got there, but he was like unrecognizable. His head was so swollen and he was unresponsive. And so I felt like now I'm kind of like, it's really hitting me. I'm going to have my Bible. I left my Pepsi and Doritos in the car. <laughs> have my Bible. And I'm like, okay. So I'm, my goal here is to just try to see if I can get him responsive enough or if I can just be with him enough to just preach the gospel and see if I can, you know, he'll accept Jesus and be saved in his last moments. 
but I, I, I'm going to pray for him to be healed. You know, ultimately, like if I could pray that he'll be healed and he can have a longer life, that'd be awesome. Cause I think he's like 39 or 40 at the time or 42. He has kids. Um, he has uh, two kids that he's estranged from. He's not, uh, I don't know where his, um, the woman in his life is. And I don't think they were married, but anyway, he's, uh, nurses are in and out. They're like, he's pretty much gone. They're like, you can say goodbye. Um, but we, um, he's currently not on life support. We have no plans to put him on life support. So any minute or I'm like, okay, can you, can I have the room kind of thing? And they're like, you have to leave the door open. I was like, okay. And then they checked to make sure I was family and my aunts on the phone. They're like, yeah, you can be in there. So I was in there. So it's just me and him at this point. And the Holy Spirit. Oh, Hello. yeah, dude. I'm shaking. My hand is like this. And I put it on his head, and it was hard as a rock filled with blood and so hot. And I just said the simplest. Like, if you ever, when you're praying for someone, it isn't your words, I'll guarantee you. Because I just said, in the name of Jesus, I know you can heal Mike. That's it. That's it. That's all you prayed. I started crying. That's all I could get out. That was it. I was about to be like, I know you can heal Mike. Would you heal Mike? That kind of thing. Yeah. I got so choked up. It was just the declaration of, I know you can do it. And um, I started shaking, and I'm like, and I'm like looking for water around the room. And I'm literally like this. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to blow it. I'm literally going to blow it. <laughs> and I'm getting kind of nervous again. I'm like, thank goodness there's nobody in here. I'm going to just, this is, I'm not good at this. And I, um, he starts to stir. And he was completely immobile, totally irresponsible. And he's like, like that. And my heart, if you could hear it, it's like a hummingbird. It's like at this point. And I'm like, is it working? <laughs> Is it working? And then I'm like, no, there's no way that that prayer would ever have worked. There's no <laughs> way. Good enough. <laughs> there's no way that could have worked, right? I'm like, oh no. And then I'm like, oh no, is he dying? He's, oh no. And I'm like freaking out, bro. I mean, this is real. This is really what happened in TikTok Live. So I, and then I'm like, should I do it again? No. And then, you know, your faith is like, I'm like, no, that's, and so, but I did. I laid hand. I'm like, in Jesus' name, heal my cousin Mike. Give him a chance to see you and know you. And then I sat back, I sat in the chair, and I just started praying in the spirit under my breath. Within, Do you mean praying in tongues? Yeah. Yes, I do. We did get a question about that. Maybe we'll do that next season. And the reason I was praying in tongues is because in my flesh, my mind was racing, mm -hmm. my heart was beating. I didn't know what to pray. I mean, yep. I didn't know what to do, but I knew that my spirit was strong because yep. I was here. I had already driven a hundred miles in faith to be here. I was ready, right, to be here for this guy. If if the Lord was willing to somehow wake this guy up, he had a servant ready to preach the gospel. And I thought to myself, okay, I'll just be alert and ready to preach Jesus if this guy, you know, comes to. And I don't know, I don't know how long it was. It felt like five minutes. Maybe it was 20. It wasn't that long, though. All of a sudden, a nurse comes in, and she was really cool. And she had like a Dominican Republic or, or uh, uh, accent, I think. And she was really sassy and awesome. And she's like kind of like, 
what the heck is going on? You know, look at, not at me. It's like, uh, like I wasn't even there. She's looking at him and she comes over and she checks some of the stuff and she's like, hang on a second. And then she runs out and then two people come in and they start adjusting things and they're not telling me anything that's going on. And I'm kind of like, what is happening? And then, then they, um, walk out and I'm alone again for like two minutes and then a whole group of people come back and no one's giving me any information and they start nobody's like what'd you do Did oh you pray yeah for this guy oh yeah. <laughs> they're like yeah I'm freaking out and um Mike starts moving he's coming back I mean I can even tell and and his eyes because at this the point when I was there his eyes were like swollen shut his left eye closest to me starts to open and it was so uh, bloodshot, just crazy looking. I mean, it looked like it looked bright red. You know, all I could see was his pupil and just blood in his eye. And all of a sudden, it goes like this, Craig. And it looks right. I don't think he could see me, but it looks. It just goes right at me, like the Terminator stats. I'm like, oh, he's alive. Like he's not dead for sure, and maybe not gonna die. And they start kind of working on him. And it looks like they're about to do another procedure. And so I can hear them now they're chattering and talking. And I'm um, not really catching all of it because I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, it did something, baby. Oh, it did something. It's working, you know. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. I'm speaking in time. I'm not going to do an impression <laughs> of myself doing it. But I am like, my hand, I'm, sw- I'm probably drenched in sweat. I'm so excited and nervous. And they let me stay in there. I don't know why. But uh, so anyway, long story short, they work on him. And over the course of about 30 minutes, his swelling almost completely goes away. Um, They have to insert like a drain a little bit to help drain off some of the lymphatic fluid. They start to raise his bed. They're bringing in stuff um, to like sip on ice chips and stuff like that. Within two hours, he could speak. No, no exaggeration. I think it was about two hours. And I'm just sitting there. I can't believe this, you know? <laughs> I can't believe this. And he didn't know who I was at first. And so he's like, I'm like, hey, you know, at some point I was, I can't remember. I, there was a lot of doctors in and out and they were dealing with him medically first, obviously. And so they're like, hey, he's kind of with it enough that like you could, you know, just spend a little time with him, but then he needs to rest. And so I know I have this like short window. And I call my aunt, my mom at one point, I'm like, um, I, I'm not going to give him the whole story, but I'm like, Hey, he's awake. He, he's not, he's not dying. He like, we have more time and they're just bawling, you know, and just crying. And I'm like, Hey, I'm going to preach the gospel to him. I'm going to pray for him, you know, and just see, and everyone's just, you know, <laughs> sorry. Everyone's just like cheering, cheering it on. You're like, Oh my gosh, what in the world? Like maybe this will happen. <laughs> so I go back in and I'm, uh, next to his bedside. I'm like, hey, Mike, do you remember me? He's like, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm your cousin Daniel, your little cousin Daniel. And he's like, nope, oh, I don't remember you. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, that's okay. You know, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that, that's really fine. I gave you a car. It's fine. Um, and uh, he said a lot of drugs. No, totally, totally. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's okay, buddy. You know, that's okay. Hey. And I'm like, and I said, I'm like, hey, um, the Lord sent me here to talk to you about Jesus because I think the time's pretty short. Do you feel that too? And he's like, yeah, 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 I know my time's short, you know? 
And I said, um, not only did Jesus send me here to talk to you, but your mom, her name was Aunt Liz, your mom and your whole family, they're back home praying for you. And so we all love you, you know. Um, everybody wants you to have a chance to know Jesus the way that we know him. And um, I walked him through a simple gospel, just Roman road. And uh, in the middle of it, he totally interrupted me. He's like, who are you again? <laughs> and uh, an I was angel. like, we don't have a ton I'm of time. I'm an angel sent by <laughs> yeah. God. Listen to me. Yeah, I don't know how much time we have, Mike. We got to get to this. And I was like, I'm your cousin, Daniel. I gave you that blue car. And that he was like, oh, yeah, that blue car, you know? And then he talked about the blue car for like five minutes. And that actually helped. He remembered that. And then he kind of was coming to a little bit more. And um, he uh, reached his hand over. And he had, um, you know, all the medical bracelets and stuff on. And I held his hand. And his hand was just all busted up. And really, I don't know why it was so busted up. I, I still don't know that. It's like, but he was living on the streets. And... Uh, he asked me to hold, you know, he uh, bid, sort of bid me to hold his hand, right? He didn't ask me to, but I was holding his hand and I holding my Bible in this hand and we, we went through the process and I, I talked to him about how much Jesus loved him. And the only question he's like, you don't know all the stuff that I've done. Do you think God can forgive me? That's the question that goes through people's mind. I was like, yeah. oh Mike, I know that he can. I know that he can. He, he forgives you. How can you be sure? Oh, Mike, he's forgiven me. And he I, he's forgiven worse people than you. He's forgiven the chief of sinners. And you can be free. And you can spend eternity with him. And uh, he gave his life to Jesus that day. And, um, and uh, so I wrote his name and his birthday as a Christian in the front of the Bible. It was my favorite Bible. I gave it to him. And the cool story is he kind of got healed that day. And he didn't die that day. He kept going and in the hospital, you know, and he kept getting better and better and better. And I was like, this is amazing. He's going to like, you know, get on and live forever. And <laughs> he'll never die, <laughs> you know. Hmm. And uh, he called his estranged kids and they came and visited him and he restored uh, a, a lot of the relationship. People had an opportunity to come and visit him. He lived for another two and a half weeks. Um, he did eventually pass away, but not before he, um, there was just so much damage to his body, but he was able to make all these relationships right. He, um, he was saved. Um, uh, it was like incredible, right? So hmm. fast forward two years, my aunt, his mom is on the phone with my mom and my grandma. Now I live in Olympia. My mom and grandma live in Spokane. They hardly ever came to visit. Um, not like shade on them. They just, we went to visit them. They didn't come to visit us very much. One time in five years, they came to visit or twice. And this was one of them. So, and it's two years after Mike's death. And my mom was on the phone with Aunt Liz on speakerphone. And we were talking about Mike and my Aunt Liz said, I just wish, oh, let me just say this one, that last part of the story. We're at 19 minutes. We have just enough time. After Mike passed away, the hospital had misplaced the Bible. And I called, I called his family. I was like, hey, is there any chance, you, you know, um, make sure Mike's kids get that Bible, you know? And they're like, well, we can't find it. And I called the hospital. I was like, hey, can I get that Bible and make sure uh, his daughter gets it, his oldest daughter? 
And they're like, we don't know where it is. So the Bible is lost. And we're like, oh, that's a bummer, you know, because that was really cool. It was my favorite Bible. It was like super highlighted and everything, right? So I was like, oh, that sucks. So, and my mom knew that part. And we always wanted to get that Bible back for some reason. It was just like a thing. Because I guess he had, uh, I, the story was he had made some markups uh, in it. And we wanted to know what he wrote in it. So anyway, um, two years pass. My grandma and mom are sitting in my living room in Olympia, which never happens. They were on the phone with my Aunt Liz, which for sure never happens. One in a million chance. My Aunt Liz says, you know, it's amazing what you did, Daniel. Like, it's amazing circumstances. Obviously, I wish he was, like, totally healed and restored to us physically. But most of all, I just wish I had some proof <laughs> that he got saved and was in heaven. Like, I just wish I had, like, a receipt. Like, I was there and could see it. <laughs> And um, then she said out of her own mouth, you know what would be proof for me is if we could find that Bible and I could see what he wrote in it. If we could find that Bible. And I'm not exaggerating. You want to know about another little miracle? Within two to five seconds of my Aunt Liz on the phone saying that, my phone rang. Hello? It was a Portland number. Hello? Hey, is this Daniel Hunt? Yeah? This is St. Vincent's Hospital. What? We found your Bible. Your phone number's written in the front of it. Five seconds after she says. And two years. Two years after the death death and they lost it. And five seconds after she said, I want his Bible. A nurse was trying to quit smoking. And normally she takes smoke breaks. And she she, she was using like Nicorette gum. And she was like organizing the lost and found and found the Bible. And she was just like trying to return stuff to people. And she called in that moment. My entire mom, grandma, and aunt burst into tears in that moment. What are the odds of that? I actually got the Bible back. I was going to bring it today, uh, but I'm moving back here to Idaho. It's in a box. I meant to grab it out, but the movers packed it. I'll try to get a photo of it so you can see. I still have it. Um, Turns out I never was able to identify what he wrote in the Bible. I've been through, I think, every page. Uh, So maybe that's just a story that he wrote some stuff in it. But what a powerful story, right? Like, amazing. Um, Minutes left to live. Definitely, like should have died right there, was able to give his life to the Lord, restore as many relationships as he could. And then my aunt was able to give the proof to satisfy the peace of her soul. And then she passed away just uh, weeks after that. Yeah. So pretty cool. That's amazing. That's just uh, one example of miracles that still take place. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. We're not really here today to talk about why certain things don't happen. But the fact that certain things do happen yeah. is proof and evidence that, that God is still doing great things and and we partner our faith and yeah. Wow, that's an incredible story. Pretty dude. awesome, huh? And some of those things you just can't make up. Like, you know, <laughs> two bonkers. years later, five seconds later, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. There's just no way. The odds of that are just astronomical. Yeah. yeah. Marie was like, what in the world? You know? That's crazy. Yeah. I wouldn't believe if I if I didn't live through it and have witnesses do it. It was crazy. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that story. Yeah. Praise God. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us here at the season finale of season five. Yeah. Thematic podcast. We're so thankful for every one of you. Um, honored by your presence in our life and watching these videos. And and uh, if we could just ask you to 
wherever you're watching this or listening to this, if you would follow, comment, or leave a review, that helps get the word out. And maybe consider sharing this with a friend or just even on social media. Um, That helps get the word out. Excuse me. And if you want to get connected with us, you can find us at thethematicpodcast.com or thethematicpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at logicostministries.com. Um, or hello at logicostministries.com. Yep. And then my username on all of my social media accounts is at a Craig Brown. Yep. And do you want to? Yeah. And then uh, by the time this comes out in May, my inish- ministry here in Idaho, if you're in Coeur Idaho or Post Falls, uh, we're serving um, orphans and widows and foster families here physically. So you can join us. You can hit me up on my TikTok. That's where you find a lot of the content. And we will, by that time, have a link in the bio where you can sign up and serve with us. And we'd love to have you. Yeah. So that's about it. And uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us. And we'll yeah. see you next season. Rock and roll. Peace. <laughs>